the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. Today, whether you're married or single, for the next few moments in this message, I want you to consider your love relationship with your heavenly Father. I want you to know that um, your heavenly relationship is far more important than any earthly relationship that you'll ever have. Think of all the times you've worried about your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your relationships. What you ought to be worried about, concerned about, is your relationship with your heavenly Father. God created you for the purpose of loving you and to be loved by you. And some of you have lost sight of the fact that God loves you madly. He loves you insanely. And he expresses his love to you every day. He he expresses his love to you through creation, through the stars, the sun, the moon, 230 million flowers. God created every flower on this planet just to express his love to you. I want to preach to you on the subject, spending time with God. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 84. If you don't have a Bible, look underneath the chair and turn to Psalm chapter 84. I want to go through this entire chapter today. Point number one, it should be the deepest desire of your heart. This is not rocket science. But when you love someone, you just want to be with that person. I want you to look to see what the psalmist wrote. He says in verse 1, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. And then look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, My soul yearns, it even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh, they cry out for what? For the living God, I want you to write this down. That's emotion. You just see emotion dripping out of this verse. Unbounded emotion, unbridled emotion. My soul yearning, fainting, my heart, my flesh, crying out for the living God. You see, your heart's desire, your desire to be with the Lord should be greater than your desire to go to the beach. And it's fun going to the beach. But your desire to be in the presence of God should be greater. Your desire... To be with the Lord should be greater than your desire to go shopping. And some of you really like to shop. 
Your desire to be with the Lord should be greater than your desire to watch television or or to do anything else on this planet. There should be some type of unbridled emotion in your heart towards the living God. Now, I know that some of you are less emotional than others. I mean, some of you, you know, you're a little uh, not very emotional. But when it comes to God, and it comes to the creator of the universe, and it comes to the one who bled and died on a cross for you, there should be some type of emotion, some type of love for that. I want you to know that the honeymoon with your Lord should never be over. It should never be over. You should just, oh, you, you should never cease to be emotional about what God has done for you. And then write this word down, the word engagement. It's not that, it's not that you just want to be with Him, just spend time. It's one thing to be next to someone. It's another thing to actually be engaged with this person, all right? And, and, and to have a relationship. Look at verse 3. Uh, he says, Even the little sparrow has found a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. And look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever, ever doing what? Praising you. Oh, listen, you should have this emotion and this desire to engage with God, to be in his presence. And when you came here today, you should not have walked in here to listen to me preach. You should have walked in here today for the purpose of putting everything else aside and just losing yourself in his presence and just staying engaged and spending time with the creator God of the universe. While the greatest gesture of love, write this down, it's just spending time together. I mean, if you love someone, if you love them, the, the thing, you just want to be with them. That's why, that's why when you lose someone, when someone dies, it's that emotional separation because I would give anything just to spend some time when you lose a loved one. That What hurts is you just want to spend some time. You wish you had time to talk to this person again, to to listen to this person, to look at the person, to engage with this person. And and if love love is in the air, proof of love is not found in buying chocolates or a rose. Proof is in your desire to actually to want to be with one another and to engage with one another. I, I mean, there should be something in your heart that you long, you yearn to be in the presence of God just to come to church. And and there should be something in your heart that just, man, I got to, I've been busy. I've got to open up the Bible, and I need to spend some time reading God's Word and listening to God. I, I just, I, I, this has got to be a priority in my life, to, to, to spend time with God, the longing of your heart, the desire of your heart. Number two, write this down. Not only is there this, this desire, there should be a distinct dependency. It's not just that you want to be with Him or in His presence. But you're actually dependent. Your heart is dependent upon him. And this thing called a pilgrimage, I want you to write down that word, pilgrimage. And I want you to look at the next verse, verse 5. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on, here's this word, what is the word? Pilgrimage. This psalm is concerning the glory days of Israel where three times a year, not once, not twice, but three times a year, every Jewish person had to travel to the city 
of Jerusalem. So crowds three times a year would gather around the world to go to Jerusalem and celebrate one of the three feasts, the Feast of the Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, or the Feast of Tabernacles. And so they would make this journey, or what we'll call pilgrimage, to the holy city, to worship at the temple. This psalm expresses the love of that pilgrimage, just the the journey to, uh, to Jerusalem. Now, metaphorically, it's our journey, but we're not necessarily journeying to Jerusalem. We're not going to that city. We're going to that city, a place called heaven, where God dwells. And life, I know it looks like I'm standing here, and I am kind of standing here, but I'm really, I'm on a journey, right? You're looking at me, I'm on a journey. I'm on a pilgrimage. And where am I headed? I'm headed to the city whose streets are paved with gold. I'm headed to a city where God lives, where Jesus, the Lamb of God, dwells. And I have in my heart a desire. I want to be with God. Yes, I want to be in His presence here on this earth, on this journey. But I'm on a journey because ultimately... I want to go to heaven, and I want to live with him in that house forever and ever and ever. We used to to sing that song, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through, my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Life is a pilgrimage, a journey. Now this life, this journey can be filled with difficult. There are setbacks and roadblocks and disappointments. That's why, again, look at verse 5. What does verse 5 say? It says, blessed are those whose strength is in themselves or in God? Is in God. Because see, because I'm I'm placing my dependency upon the Lord because I'm on this journey. It's a a tough road. The last part of verse 5 says, those who have set their hearts on what? On this journey. That's perseverance. Write that down. So you have the, 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 the pilgrimage is the journey. That's, that's life. That, we're, on, we're, we're pilgrims right now, headed uh, for the golden city. What, what you need, though, is in this life, you need perseverance. If you live here, you're going to go through times of depression, and you're going to have debt. You might go through a divorce, or you, you have a wayward child, or you get sick, or some disease, or you lose your job, and things just begin to fall apart, and you're going all this, and you don't realize that... that you're headed to a place where there, there'll be no sorrow, there'll be no turbulence, there'll be no worries up in heaven. And what you need to do is to keep trusting in God and persevering. You persevere by trusting in God. Now look what happens in verse 6. It says as they pass, they're on this pilgrimage, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs and the autumn rains. Well, where does rain come from? God brings the rain. The autumn rains, what do they bring? Springs and pools. You see, the Valley of Baca refers to a valley west of Jerusalem. It's a dry, deserty place. It was not a fun place. And if you want to go to Jerusalem, though, if you want to go to the city of God, if you want to go to the temple and worship God, if you're on this pilgrimage to dwell in His presence, you first have to go to the Valley of Baca. And if you set your heart on God, and if you stay the course even through the desert, God will bring the autumn rains of refreshment, and he will see you through on your journey. Oh, some of you right now are experiencing the times of desert. Right now you're struggling. You've got dry times, and 
discouraged times. There's times of frustration, times of slow progress, times of weeping, times of no sleeping, times when you had no idea what God was up to, but you're in the midst of this valley, in the midst of this desert, and you just need to realize that joy comes in the morning. I don't expect you to even understand this, but before we merged these two churches, I was preaching at a church right on Rinaldi, two, two miles down the street here. Just a little tiny church. We had four sections. They're still there. We had eight, eight pews, eight pews, eight pews, and eight pews. A little tiny balcony up there. And um, God brought me out here from Iowa, and I came here because I wanted to win the whole valley to Jesus Christ. I wanted all of Los Angeles to be saved. And I'm down here in this little tiny church, and there's no land to buy. We're in multiple services. And I I remember getting discouraged. I remember thanking God, I I don't know, I don't know if I'm supposed to keep doing this because I'm not going to, I can't win L.A. down here in this little tiny building. And no no one knew, but I was discouraged. And there were many times that I thought about leaving. And one day God said, Dudley, you just need to stay where you are. Don't get discouraged. Just stay where you are. And you keep doing what you've always done. Just keep preaching and keep loving on people and keep trying to win as many people to Jesus Christ. I'll take care of everything else. And I remember it was like a light switch. I was down there. I was worried. I was, I was kind of discouraged, thinking about leaving. And one day I woke up and said, you know what? This is where I'm supposed to be. Several years went by. And there was a knock on my door. And the man was Dr. Jess Moody, who was the pastor of this church. They built this congregation right here. They had been trying to merge with Rocky Peak. This church was trying to merge with Rocky Peak, which is another church about two two miles right over here. And uh, uh, what people didn't know was about 30 years before, those two churches had split. There was one church they'd split. And uh, I was down the street praying that, that the merger would happen because I thought that would be a good testimony for the whole world, for just two churches to get back together is always a good thing, right? But I'm down here praying. There's a knock on my door. Dr. Jess Moody says, Dudley, the merger fell through. He goes, would you be interested in merging with us? I was the second choice. So if you ever get mad at me, don't be mad at me. I was a choice number two. I'm not even supposed to be here. <laughs> but you know, God opened that door, and we merged those two churches, and the church just took off, growing like a wildfire. Listen. See, I was, I was discouraged. I didn't even know that God was working behind the scenes, and he was about to bring the, the rains, the autumn rains from heaven. You find yourself in a difficult situation right now. Some of you are discouraged right now. You're in the middle of that desert right now. You need to know that God is working behind the scenes, and you just need to persevere and stay on this road towards heaven and be faithful, and God will be faithful. Amen. Amen. You know, you're here today. You look back. Here's the only way you get through. You look back, and you see all the times that you were in the turbulence, and you see how God brought you through all that. Because you're here today, and as you look back, you know, when you're, in the, when you're in the turbulence, you're going, oh, I'm going to die. I think, oh, this is the end. I'm alive. Oh, I'm going to die. I can't handle this. And, but you get through it, 
and you look back, and now you can see, because hindsight's twenty twenty. you can see how God brought you through all those times and got you here. And as you look to the future, any turbulence that you have moving forward, any difficult days that are ahead, the only way you get through that is when you look back and see how God brought you through that, you know he'll take you through this. And I want you to write this down. You will never know God's faithfulness unless you've walked through the valleys. Because it's in the valleys is where you see God bringing you on this pilgrimage, helping you as you put your trust in Him. Number three, there should be a a delightful devotion in your heart. This should be a joy. There should be, uh, I want you to write down the word conversation. Conversation, part of spending time with God, being engaged with God, trusting in God is talking to God. It's called prayer. It's, it's where you carve time out of your schedule to converse, to talk, to communicate to the God of the universe. What does verse 8 say? He goes right into verse 8. He says, hear my prayer. Well, you can't say hear my prayer unless you're in a relationship. You, you, you are in his presence, and then you begin to pray. You begin to talk. There should be something in you that just wants to talk to God and share with God and listen to God. I think of that story, that guy, he was working. He was in a four-story building. He's the fourth floor. It's 8 o'clock. He had some coffee. He went out and just looked out the window. And down on the street level was a phone booth. And there was a lady inside the phone booth, and she was talking like 90 miles an hour with gust up to 135. Just talk, 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 talk. He's looking at her, and he goes back, and he goes to work. Mid-morning, he goes over, and he looks, and that same woman is still in there just talking on the phone. Lunchtime, he looks down. She's still talking. About 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, he goes over, and she hangs up, and she walks out. He goes, I'm sorry, I, I'll be right back. And he goes downstairs, and he gets this lady. He says, lady, who in the world have you been talking to all day? She goes, my boyfriend. Your boyfriend? Yeah, my boyfriend. How in the world can you talk to your boyfriend for eight hours? Oh, it's easy. We're in love with each other. And then she says this. We'd still be talking if I hadn't run out of quarters. Some of you don't even know what that means. But anyway, the Bible is full of stories of people who walked with God. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says that Adam and Eve, that they walked with God and they talked with God. Enoch in Genesis chapter 5, the Bible says for 300 years he walked with God. Think, Think about walking with God for 300 years. In fact, he was so close to God that when the Bible says that he didn't really even die, that God just took him into heaven, which means he was here on earth and he was walking like this and he was walking with God. He was walking with God here on earth and the next step he took, God just took him up to heaven and they were walking in heaven together and they've been walking ever since. Moses in Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says that he was tending sheep for his father-in-law, a man by the name of Jethro. He's out there in the fields and he looks up and there's a, a bush that's on fire this is in Exodus chapter 3, verse 3, and he, and he goes over to the bush, it's on fire, but it's not being consumed, and he walks over there, and there's a conversation, starting with verse 4, to the end of the chapter is a conversation between God and Moses. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, prayed three times a day. Daniel got down on his knees and turned his face towards Jerusalem, the city of God, and conversed with God. 
Even Jesus often chose to go off into solitary places in Mark 1.35 and Luke chapter 5, verse 16, just to spend time alone with God. Listen, the best use of your time on this earth is the time that you set aside to pray to your Lord and to your Savior. And if you're too busy to pray, then you're too busy. We have a lot of issues. We're too busy. We're too distracted. We're too tempted. We're too materialistic. We're too self-centered. We spend too much time on the phones, too much time on the internet, too much time on Facebook. I read recently that the average person in America now spends four years of their life just looking down at their phone. I want you to write this word down. It's the word contentment because this is the real issue. Are you content? Are you satisfied just being in the presence of God? As we close, I want you to look at verse 10. Verse 10 is a beautiful verse in the Bible. It says better. Everybody say better. Notice what it says. Better is one day. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. You know what a doorkeeper is? That's a janitor. A janitor's the one who's got the keys. You've got to unlock the door. Okay, unlock the door so you guys can go in. I'd rather be a doorkeeper at the house of God than to be at the VIP tents at the Super Bowl. That's what that says. Look at it. I would rather be a doorkeeper at the house of my God than to dwell in the VIP tents of the, of the wicked. I want you to write this down. Your reasons to spend time with God should always outweigh your lame excuses not to be here. Oh, yeah, I said that. We have a million reasons not to go to church. Got to go to the beach, got to go to Mammoth, got to go to Vegas. We're going to the Bay Area. We're going down to San Diego. We got to go up to the mountains. We got to go to Lake Arrowhead. Uh, I got to go fishing. I got to go golfing. I got to jog. I got to get my 26 miles in. And uh, I got to take little Johnny to soccer practice and golf practice. And you got, you end up, you end up, you have a thousand reasons not to go to church. Listen, what does the next verse say? You got all these reasons why you should be. For the Lord God is the Son. He's the one that provides. He's a shield. He's the one that protects. The Lord is the one that bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Verse 12, O Lord Almighty, O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. You ought to be here each and every week. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. 
You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.